Hey guys, well, we just got off the podcast with uh, Mimi and her partner, Chase, and we discussed all things relationships. And the reason we want to get into this conversation is because at the end of the last week's episode on AHCC and mycelium and understanding the relationship between uh, mushroom and mycelia to the rest of the plant kingdom and how it relates to our, our health and our physiology, uh, it's, it was so important to, this, to dive into a little bit more of a personal story in relationship between partners. Mm-hmm. So we had a great discussion on different phases that relationships go through, especially when you've been together for a long time and individuals grow in different ways, have different value systems that shift and change. And they really talk about their personal story and how they went from their phase one relationship to phase two and some of the challenges and some of the gifts that came out of that. So it's a really important conversation, I think, for everyone as an individual to listen to and especially as couples. Yeah, and, and I think what's really an important piece to to the discussion of relationships is that when we do get stuck and we when we don't recognize you know we don't maybe see the other person the way that maybe we saw them when we first got together or we are not growing together as a couple we're going sort of in different directions it's really easy to get stuck in a role and and sort of we talked about the sort of protective armor you put on yourself um sort of lead you down a path and, and sort of away from your partner and you know is there a way to actually work on the relationship together by being together in the case for the story that you're going to listen to they found some time apart and uh, i'll leave to be continued on what happened afterwards uh, but the point being is that, that we all need to do our work we all need to Absolutely. do our own personal journey and growth and, and often hopefully we can find a partner that we can do that with sometimes we can't Mm -hmm. yeah that really was the biggest message is that self-love piece and that self-discovery piece so enjoy i think it's a good one for everyone to listen and please share it out to your friends and your family because i do think there's so many nuggets in here that are important enjoy welcome to the health ignited podcast with your hosts dr nick and sonia jensen we are partners parents business partners doctors yoga teachers and retreat leaders We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Health Ignited. Dr. Sonia Jensen again, and we're, we're going to have a, one of our favorite conversations, which is on relationships and getting a chance to speak to other couples and other people on this planet that are doing amazing things. And if you caught the episode last week when we released it, it was all on AHCC and I had an amazing chat with Mimi uh, regarding this beautiful uh infrastructure of mycelium and how mushrooms play such an incredible role on integrating and interfacing with all plant life and how they inform support etc etc and uh and it was it was a brilliant podcast and and learning more about this product ahcc and its role on immune health and we talked about some of her courses she's offering and everything on hpv and prevention and, and all sorts of cool stuff. So uh, if you haven't checked out that podcast, definitely go back and take a look at that because um, at the end of it, we actually got it uh, off after we stopped recording, we started chatting about life a little bit more and relationships and we got to hear all this amazing story or a snippet of this amazing story between uh, her and her partner, Chase, and this evolution that happens with, uh, with plant medicine and, and getting kind of back to to what's important with yourself and uh, Sonia and I love chatting about this so Mm -hmm. love talking about relationships and especially in relation to nature too I find the shifts and changes that we see in nature are also shifts and changes that we see within ourselves and we have to be adaptive and we have to pivot and we have to reassess all the time as nature does as the seasons change and I love that you had that conversation with her last week around the mushrooms and their relationship with the earth and us humans and now we're going to talk about relationship with one another yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. So welcome, yeah. Chase and Mimi, two gorgeous individuals inside <laughs> and out. Uh, thank you so much for being on the call with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. This is exciting. Love it. Yeah. So well, why don't we just start off with a little bit of um, introspection into life 
you know, before this evolution that happened. So you tell us about yourselves when you guys kind of met each other, got married, and then, uh, and then, and then tell us a little bit about the relationship earlier before, you know, all these changes that we go through in, 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 in relationship. Yeah, I'll start. And then if, if you want to um, chime in, we, you'll hear us if, if anyone listens to our podcast, The Medicine, or, you know, friends of ours, we, we talk a lot about part one and part two of our relationship. And I think that this is an important place to start because we have a very unique situation and relationship to, to where we, we have this ability or this second chance, you could say, that a lot of people don't get. Um, I think it's really common for young people to get married and go through the trials and tribulations and jump over the, jump through the hoops of figuring out who they are. And oftentimes, maybe the partner's not on board, maybe they change too much, maybe the values aren't in line anymore, and they part ways, right? And that's to some degree, more or less, very condensed um, what happened with us. We were married very young. We were childhood sweethearts. We got together at 16 and we were together for 10 years total, um, married for three of those years. And uh, we both came to a place where we were we were both very sick mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, all of it. And uh, we actually separated and divorced legally. We went three years without really talking much at all at all and really never thinking that we were going to see each other again and call it the universe, God, love, the divine, whatever. Our paths crossed organically again three years later and neither one of us had an intention of getting back together like so many people do kind of this roller coaster of up and down and through the cycles of relationship that was not our intention. It was more like I am at a good place in my life and I want to I want to make sure that this person that I have so much love in my heart compartment <laughs> I want to make sure that they're really they're good you know and then that coffee date date. It wasn't really a date. It was, it was just a meetup, a conversation turned into three hours of just oh, something in my nervous system feels so good right now. Just being with this person who my spirit, my soul knows so well, but also like, I don't know this version of you. <laughs> who are you? So it was equal parts calming and nourishing and also very intriguing. Like, I want to know more about this version of you. And um, then we left that meeting, that meetup, um, just in, in a good place, uh, just thinking like, okay, that maybe was good closure. We can get to a place where we can be friendly. And then seven, seven months later, eight months later, I was moving in <laughs> with him. So a lot of, a lot of things transpired in that seven months, but our souls just would not have the separation. So we are in this unique place now where we get to, we've, we've had the other, we've, we've experienced other relationships and being separate and being apart from, from one another. And um, it's not even close to anywhere in the ballpark of being fulfilling. And uh, really, we have this part two of our relationship now. We're not married, um, definitely not what you would call dating. Um, I call him my, my spiritual husband, my soul match, my partner. And uh, Con now constant in the multiverse. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you are my constant in the multiverse. And so now um, we get this beautiful part two to really dig into the, the, the diseased parts that you could say of part one and, and learn more about ourselves as individuals and us as the organism that is Megan and Chase or Mimi and Chase. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we are today. I don't know if you want to add anything there. Yeah. Um, I'll put a little, you know, narrative to, to kind of the story. And uh, of course I, we have the benefit now of being able to look back on the first 10 years of our relationship and see some of the themes, patterns, maybe divine nudges, you could say um, in that story that was taking place from, you know, the moment we met, which was, I was 15 years old uh, to the point we divorced when I was 26. And so we have the we have the benefit one of that not being bitter now and and being able to evaluate it and put narrative towards it uh, now being on kind of the other side, uh, but there was a you know there was three years there where 
I had compartmentalized this 10 years of a relationship and never wanted to touch it, never even wanted to think about it. Um, so with that, it's very fun to reflect back, uh, to, to sort of retell the story and look for deeper meaning. And for me, Megan was my, my like literally the only girl I'd ever kissed until I was uh, 26, <laughs> which is just wild. But we, we got together in high school and spoke in Washington. Um, I mean, just standard, like, middle-class suburban white, uh, <laughs> you know, gr growing up environment in the 90s and, and early 2000s. We were playing high school sports and um, spent school years, uh, you know, together playing sports and hanging out with each other, just like classic American high school teenagers. Uh, summers were at the, uh, at the lake house, um, just literally pouring into each other. We, looking back on it now, there was never this like young drama. And of course I, I put narrative towards that as we're old souls who've been doing this for, you know, multi-dimensional experiences, maybe even past life experiences. Um, and we just, we found each other in this version of the game uh, at 15, 16 years old, immediately clicked and knew that we were just going to be in this thing for, for the long haul. And we had so many really incredible experiences in our teens and early twenties of just moments like staring out on the end of a, of a dock in Priest Lake, Idaho and, watching like 20 shooting stars and swearing that we're going to be together forever. Right. Like mm -hmm. 16, 17 year old type moments that at the time you sort of just happenstance haphazardly walk into these types of moments. I look back on them now and see that there was this sort of like next level intelligence or divinity that was kind of nudging or pushing these moments into happening. They were like anchors. Anchors. Absolutely. Such that when we did ultimately split up, we had these sort of just binding contracts that we'd made, uh, maybe even just in our own previous life uh, or earlier in our life, but God knows how many previous lives that was ultimately going to pull us back together should we come back into balance. Mm -hmm. And I think of the theme of kind of that part one to part two transition is we so naturally fell into love um, as youth because we were just not like growing up in balance, fortunately having beautiful support systems. When we rolled into adulthood, we didn't necessarily have the tools to maintain homeostasis or balance individually. And that caused this, this separation. It caused the numbing that I think so many of us feel in this, in this world or have to experience um, to the point that we couldn't even look at each other anymore and realize that, yo, babe, we're in this, <laughs> we're in this thing. We've been doing this thing forever. Uh, let's drop the struggle this let, let's lean into this uh, we couldn't even see that so thus the split thus the three years apart thank god call, like like megan said the universe um god whatever you want to call it pushed us back into this balanced state or this level of homeostasis or equilibrium that by the time we reconnected and like looked at each other in the eyes and saw wow you're you're back and you're better you're shinier uh you're brighter we we're crazy not to lean into this it would have been more effort to ignore that feeling than to get back with my ex-husband <laughs> at that point. It was such, it was the strongest nudge I think yeah. I've ever had So that, that's life. kind of a lot, right? And we both yeah. just monologued a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and there's a lot that, that's going yeah. into that, both in the physical flesh, from the physical flesh perspective where we're working on our bodies, our health was in the tank, um, all the way to a little bit of the metaphysical. Um, there were critical moments, both with us being together, uh, experiencing some level of, you know, spiritual intervention, but then I think independently as well, have our own sort of spiritual paths that, that uh, we crossed into some level of divinity and found real truth and were able to implement it back into our lives, thus kind of supporting this, this part two. Mm. There's so much to unpack, I feel like, <laughs> in what both of you said, and there were so many great nuggets that I hope the listeners really anchor into with um, even Mimi, you starting with talking about what happens in our evol evolution as a couple when uh, one marries young and one mm -hmm. is trying to get to know who they are. Like, you know, our frontal lobe isn't fully developed until we're like 25, 26. So there's these physical things that are happening in our bodies, like our hormones, and then bring in, um, you know, stresses from the environment or the foods we're eating, like all these things have an influence on how we feel about ourselves, how we feel in our bodies, and then how we're projecting that out into our relationship. And then, you know, bringing it back to that spiritual piece too. So you have your spirit body, your physical body, your mental body, like all these things are developing and changing. 
and for you guys to be able to like be the observer of that and come back together I think is the you know what we all look for in our lives and sometimes not everybody has that opportunity to be able to like or be forced into looking into that so what I would love to hear is in those three years when you weren't together what were some of the aha moments about yourself that showed up whether it's Mm. with your physical form or in the spiritual realm like what were the things that showed up for you that helped you see you in a different way yeah maybe i'll start on this one Um, so a little bit about my background i um i've worked in a financial profession for um, all my career last seven eight years i'm a a cpa i worked for a large uh large private or a public financing company traveled all over the globe um and, and actually found myself into San Diego after we'd split up and divorced, left Seattle, was in San Diego working for a big firm in, here in LA and, and uh, Southern California. And I had just leaned into that sort of 3D world expression of success, uh, financial means, status, um, you know, accumulation of various assets, shiny things, make money, get rich, you know, or die trying, right? Um, and... <laughs> I really had sort of leaned into that was going to be my route for success. Well, the further I did uh, that, the more separation I felt from any any sort of uh, metaphysical, any sort, even relationship to self, right? So it, that, that eventually started to manifest in my physical well-being. So stack on the fact that I had heartache from a divorce and completely compartmentalized it. I think I cried like once. Um, add on to that, I was exercising nonstop, um, micromanaging my diet and then working just to accumulate money. And, and I know now it was really just to numb. Um, but I found myself sick, uh, with money and very, very, very unhappy, like borderline depressed, even if, if I, if I was to go back and look at it the right way. So I hit what some would consider adrenal fatigue. If you kind of believe in that sort of thing, or at least some real exhaustion on my adrenal glands, um, 135 pounds. I should be a 165 pound man and just literally like barely able to stand overworked, um, had, had overworked out and just really hitting a rock bottom. Fortunately for me in my life, I had these incredible people down here in San Diego. Um, this, this tiny little startup company called Organifi, um, and they became friends of mine. I, I found them through a couple podcasts that I'd been listening to and, uh, started hanging out with them. Um, it was about four or five people at the time, very startup sells superfood, green juice powders. And, um, I'd started to do some contract work with them and their finance and accounting space ultimately gotten to the point where I just loved these people and decided to, to join forces with them, kind of build out a, a few different things on, in that, in that company, finance department, operations, um, et cetera, et cetera. And the company is a, you know, we're a nutraceuticals company, but really we're a transformation company. And so I got freaking baptized in <laughs> self-development. Uh, that's everything from books like Don Miguel Ruiz and Toltec Wisdom um, all the way to like work, some of the work from Joe Dispenza, you know, channeled various channeled works. And it really just blew up my little evangelical based brain. I'd grown up evangelical, never really embodied it at all or, or even bought into it much and kind of had walked into some level of scientific materialism and just had no interest or belief necessarily in the metaphysical. Um, well, sure enough, I hit a rock bottom, meet these beautifully incredible spiritual people, start getting baptized in the ways of some of these new age type universalist um, ideologies and, and really, really started to strike a chord. So for me, it literally took a physical bottom bottoming out it took, like many do in the sort of hero's journey that we're all walking through, some level of a, a mentor or somebody to, to show you another way. And that for me was these, these beautiful people at uh, the company I now uh, work for, which is Organifi, um, to kind of start realizing, wow, there's more. There's more not only to my physical health, um, my profession, but more to the existence of a a soul um, beyond this 3D meat suit. And so I just started asking big questions and started getting, started feeling answers, right? You sort of ask questions in your mind and you feel the answers a lot of times and you don't, aren't necessarily able to articulate them um, to the point that I kind of like came back to, I think 
a little closer um, version of myself uh, than, than I previously was. So that is a little bit of how I kind of like gravitated away and then somewhat came back and even, even probably came back closer to um, the real intention of myself in this life experience than had I previously been. Love it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mimi. Yeah. So for me, um, he mentioned that we grew up, we, we both, both grew up going to Christian school, evangelical based, uh, you know, Christian families and great, you know, um, set of values that we grew up with. I was a little bit more of the good Christian girl and uh, really did try to embody it, really did try to understand it and, and, and take it into my, uh, my being and, and, and my life expression. Um, yet it it never was truly satisfying it, it never like truly clicked i was doing it more so because my parents handed it to me and said this is what we do this is what we believe and i think that that's really common for a lot of people and and that's okay for a time until you do hit these rock bottoms and you realize like this is not working the way that it it feels like it should be for me and what that looked like for me was <clears throat> I, when we were separated, this was 2017, I started to get, well, not started, I probably started way before that, but I, I was very sick physically. I had a rash on half of my body that was unexplained. My face was exploding in acne. My hair was falling out in clumps in the shower, um, but I was a health coach and I could help people lose weight, but I didn't understand why I couldn't digest any food, why I was literally regurgitating my food. Um, I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. And so for me, working on the my physical health uh, and really stepping away from my busy life, from my dental hygiene job, and <laughs> literally physically moving back in with my parents in this sort of safe container to really work on me and heal myself and start saying yes to those little nudges that had been happening for a couple years at that time. Like, you need to work on you. You need to work on you, girlfriend. Like, you need to like let go of your clients that you're you're helping, let go of your patients that you feel tied to in this, you know, this dental um, this dental field and work on you. And so then I did that for a year and I just really focused on myself and I started asking deeper questions within spirituality. I didn't go straight from being a, you know, good Christian girl to, um, to new age universalism or anything like that. It was a very, very organic progression of, hey, I want to dig into this a little deeper. I want to start asking new questions. I want to start, who was Jesus really? Let me study him as a, as a person and a teacher. Let me start having deeper conversations with people. Let me ask myself, do I even believe this? What do I believe? And really started little by little digging into um, those things within myself uh, as it relates to spirituality. And um, I couldn't help, I couldn't not look at the, the emotional trauma and the emotional, I don't like this word, but for lack of a better word, baggage that I was carrying around from our divorce and how I carried myself in relationship, um, how I left our marriage. And I just decided how he compartmentalized the divorce. I compartmentalized what had led up to the divorce. And I just shoved it down, shoved it down, shoved it down, didn't talk with my family about it. I, I just wanted to not look at it, and it was literally manifesting in disease, physical disease in my body. There was other contributing factors, lifestyle and orthorexic tendencies, but I'm a firm believer that if you don't address the emotional weight in your body, it wants out. It will get out. It will want to be expressed in your acne or your hair falling out until you address these things in, your, in yourself. And um, I kind of look at it like my soul was dusty, it was sick, and it, it needed to be in a healthy way expressed. So when I was finally able, this was 2018, yeah, 2018, I finally was able to share with a girlfriend some things that I had kept really hidden from anyone in my life. And it just felt like oh, this like physical release. And up until this point, I had had a really kind of... Uh, kind of grotesque relationship and outlook on on how I view myself and my self-love. It was pretty brutal what I was telling myself every day. You're a monster. No one's going to love you. You don't deserve to be loved. How could anyone ever love you? You're not going to show them the real you, the real 
what really happened or this or that. And so I just knew I, I had come to this conclusion that no one would ever love me fully. And I was, I wasn't okay with it, but I had, I had, I had just accepted it, I guess. And so to really have that conversation out loud with a girlfriend who was also sharing some sensitive things, we, sh- we shared this bond that was like, oh my gosh, you know this about me? You're the only one in the world that knows this about me and you still love me? Like what? I'm still lovable? You know, and so that was a really like pivotal moment in my self-love journey. And that from there, it was just up in a good way, you know, um, and uh, just learning more and more about myself. And I would say another another um, factor was looking at those parts of ourselves that may be deemed as dark, the dark or the bad or the negative and knowing that it is all part of me and every version of myself, every part of me does deserve a seat at the table. I might not choose to express that, you know, outwardly, I might choose another way, but I don't need to kill that version of me. I can just choose differently. I can recognize and go this other way. And so um, that was where I started to really shift in my way of how, how I view myself. And then when you view yourself differently, when you truly like accept yourself, then it, I think that's what was one of the things that allowed Chase to see the real version of me, the version of me that he fell in love with at 16 years old. It was like, you know, this part of me and everything you've seen, literally the insides of my soul. And there's something that's still drawing you to me. And that was such a beautiful thing as a woman, our essence is to just be desired and treasured and loved. And to have him see all of that, know all of that and be like, you're still beautiful. I still want you. It was absolutely like transformative. Yeah. The the trippiest part about all this is like, you know, we're independently experiencing these things over the course of three years, no communication at all. There was no like, let's stay friends. Uh, It was completely independent. We're having similar, um, similar like ditches to crawl out of from a health perspective, not even to mention the kind of the spiritual element to all of this. Um, And then actually found each other. I, I leave the traditional financial profession to move into the health and wellness profession as a, you know, financial advisor of sorts. Um, Megan leaves the dental profession into uh, kind of holistic niche health and wellness through uh, education, uh, culinary, you know, nutritional education, as well as um, kind of this mushroom education space, which is, which is just ever growing even now um, such that we have all these commonalities, like even more than we had from the 10 years of history with each other, we're now so aligned. She's aware of the this awesome freaking company named Organifi. And that's actually the kind of lane that brings us back together is this niche health and wellness space surrounding adaptogens and superfoods and all this great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I find it fascinating that how we protect ourselves. So you guys each sort of shared how you protect yourselves in that, in that initial little phase. And, um, and I think it's important for people to recognize it. You know, when you're listening, you may be in a protective phase yourself and, and it may be lingering longer than it, you know, quote unquote should, but it's a necessary part of the process because that's where all this unveiling happens. You know, you talked about going into the financial industry and just absolutely going, going for it in all the material ways that you could and realizing that burnout was inevitable. Um, you didn't know that at the time, but you know, so many people, I think in relationship or as they're working on themselves or, or shooting for their goals are often doing it with that mask on, you know, that, that, that shell, that protective layer. And Sonia talks about that all the time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, I think for, uh, I think for the masculine, right. We're so purpose driven mm-hmm. that our ability to numb and compartmentalize our feeling, uh, that element to us that is uh, feminine in nature to be able to experience and flow and feel we're so we're, we're in such a patriarchally dominant society and that, sort of toxic masculinity is, is somewhat of a magnet at times for, for men as you get into your profession, because you're like numb, compartmentalize, mm-hmm. focus on the purpose, focus on the goal. Well, that's tough in relationship as the feminine is experiencing love. That's the priority for, for the masculine. It is, it is purpose. And for the feminine, it is to, to capture love and embody love. And those can be in contradiction if there's no awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, 
that awareness kind of brings out different elements between the couple because we both have that yin and yang, right? So understanding that yin and yang and then the best way to serve ourselves. And a, a lot of what you guys were speaking to kind of brought me to this space of like what you two did is you just re-remember, like it was all already there, but throughout our lives, we're given these beliefs, we're given these stories where we have these experiences and everything that we do is to help us survive or belong so that we can survive. And then when we're making choices according to that, that is what takes away from that soul that originally came into the world um, in, with curiosity and inquiry. But instead we're told how to be, we're told how to dress, we're told how to look, we're told how to behave. Right. And it seems that those couple of years, you guys just unveiled all of that that was holding you specifically back because we all have our individual stories and then we're able to come to the other side which brings in commonality of all humans i think if we all did that we'd we'd see each other in such a different way and when we look each other in the eyes we would see that soul rather than the story that's been wrapped around or the mask that that individual has worn so it's such a beautiful story i think mm -hmm. that everyone can really anchor into yeah yeah i find it interesting too just you know, the, the love that you have as a, <clears throat> excuse me, as a teenager, it's like so like bountiful and so creative. It's so expansive. And it's, it's like nothing could interfere with that. And it was like, it was the seed, there was the fertilizer for your relationship. And then life happened. And then all that structure and whatnot started to come in. Um, I'm wondering, what, what do you guys, what do you guys see for yourselves as like this, this, ability to now do this growth together versus needing that time of separation or what would you maybe recommend to couples who are going through something similar um does everybody need that time that space away or is there a way to do this together and or how are you guys doing it going forward mm, that's a great question we've talked about this we are fully aware that <clears throat> having that time away from each other was, even though it was extremely painful in different ways for both of us, it was almost easier to work on ourselves as individuals apart from any sort of, you know, significant other or partner. Because when you're in partnership, when you're in marriage or even, you know, just um, sacred union or anything, part of your awareness and your energy it's almost like you can't help but be focused on the other person. What are they doing? How are they? How are we interacting? And so we are aware that that we sort of had maybe um, a leg up in that area because we didn't have to worry about each other. Um, so that's definitely something that we are sensitive to and that we can appreciate that, you know, um, a lot of people that listen to our podcast or follow us in any capacity do share that like, hey, what you're sharing with us, we're there. I'm there with my husband or I'm there with my wife or my girlfriend or whatever. And what do I do if my partner isn't practicing? What do I do if we are energetically or spiritually in completely different ballparks, but I love this person? How do we find some commonality? How do we get and, and grow together? And that, that is difficult because even though you do have this unit that uh, that is partnership, you are your own individuals. And it's almost like that cheesy saying that's been said a million times. It's like, you have to learn how to put on your own oxygen mask first before you can assist any anyone else. And so um, I would say that your, I think that there is a misconception that if if I'm taking care of all of Chase's needs and he's taking care of all of my needs, then we're good. Yeah. We're, we're met, right? But that is impossible. You cannot 100% complete your partner. Yeah. And Hashtag you complete me is yeah, not, it's not I, I don't. I don't believe that. I think I complete me, you complete yeah. you, and we, com we come together and form something that is greater than one. And so I think... Um, Although it is difficult, I think that the focus needs to be on in a loving way and communicated in a healthy way with your partner ahead of time. Hey, I'm I, I'm really finding you know that I I um I'm being pulled or pushed or you know I'm really intrigued about this and I if you see me you know changing up the books or listening to different podcasts or wanting to talk about this that or the other. I don't want you to be alarmed or anything. Just know that I'm, I can feel myself changing and evolving. And I would love to include you in the conversations. You, you don't know where they're at and you, 
I would say a mistake is to try to push someone into their own, like evolve, 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 evolve. It's like that's impinging upon the free will, right? So um, I think that it, it is important to look at yourself and focus on your experience while communicating in a loving, healthy way. Yeah. At this point, we don't work directly with couples, um, but we do get just flooded with questions and fortunately have a, plat- a platform like our podcast to, to provide at least our two cents on the whole thing. And I think what we see often is in so many cases, relationships start out of uh, codependency and they start out of sort of like filling the void within each other. Um, kind of like what, what Mimi was talking about where you complete me and that works in a short stint. Um, sort of through that infatuation phase of the relationship that can actually work quite well. Oftentimes that will then lead to codependency that's a little more stale and a little less sexy, a little less infatuation and a little more like a chronic dependency on, on somebody else. And, and I think anybody who has been in some of those relationships, even friendships, those are fleeting. There will ultimately be a circumstance where that person, you cannot do, depend on them. Um, so if you're not able to independently um, sort of fulfill all of your own needs, you're ultimately going to be disappointed in somebody else if you outsource uh, your own stability to another individual. And so the encouragement that we're constantly giving is figure out how to literally be your own masculine, your own feminine, have this relationship with yourself to the degree that you're able to function in life. We use the analogy often of, okay, if you want beachfront property, figure out how to make a five-star life out of your condominium unit individually, fully sustaining before you try to um, build the mansion because the mansion or the multi, you know, the multi-bedroom suite isn't going to work um, unless you first fill up that like individual unit. And that's, that's co-creation instead of codependency. It's part of the reason we, we don't necessarily have a desire to get, um, married anytime soon in the traditional sense um, uh, or at least definition of what marriage would be like is because we have to make that choice every day to be looking at ourselves independently in the mirror and saying like, hey man, you're enough. You're going to get through this day. It's going to be an A plus day regardless of whether Mimi is doing what she does. If she does, that's icing on the cake and that is co-creation. We get to create, we get to lift the ceiling on love um, when we're together both fully, uh, completely. It is more challenging to do that together. If you're coming from a place of dependency, I I, I am sure that it can be done. I know that it can be done, um, but it will require more consciousness, more intentionality, and a little bit more um, detachment from that dependent relationship in order just to, just to be able to like work on yourself. Do you guys have tools or habits or rituals um, that help support that communication with one another? So you kind of know that maybe, so something that we do is that we do, um, we'll talk to each other about the different courses that we want to do or the different ways we want to evolve. Like right now I'm doing that shamanic yoga course. So he knows for those five days, he's got the boys and he's taking care of the home, but we give each other that space so that we can grow in where there's different directions, but somehow we come back because we're both growing, like you were saying, in our own ways. So are there ways that you guys do that maybe daily or do things together so that um, it supports the whole, like any um, tools that you can give maybe the listeners that they can practice? Yeah, I have one uh, off the top of my head that we um, definitely used more at the beginning of our relationship um, as a sort of container, a, a safe container to offer feedback and share something that's on your heart. Um, we just call it a check-in. And it would start with, this is not something that is that we came up with. This was, I forget who taught it. I, I want to say John Wineland, but it could be someone else. But uh, it was from a relationship teacher that that teaches the safe container for communication. And it starts by me, if I'm just in this example, wanting to share something, I have something on my heart that I want to share with Chase. Um, Then I would first make an appointment with him. I wouldn't just come in hot to his workday and like start talking. I would say, hey, you know, um, I would love to do a check-in. If if you're, if, if it's okay with you or if you're feeling up to it, uh, maybe we could talk at dinner tonight. And um, that's the cue for the other person that like, hey, I want to have, I want, I have something on my mind, on my heart. 
And so then we sit down at dinner and uh, the, the format is um, I would share something with Chase that um, he's doing really well, something I really appreciate about him. And you always acknowledge the good first. And then I would share uh, something that I think I'm doing really well. So, oh man, I love, you know, you mentioned last time we checked in that um, you were going to, you were going to work on, um, uh, kissing me more in the day to make me feel loved or whatever. And I just, I really feel that love from you. You come over and, and it, it, I feel it and I can feel that you, you know, think I'm beautiful, et cetera, et cetera. And I love that. Something that I'm doing well is, you know, I, I think that I'm really trustworthy and I'm following through on, you know, um, uh, showing up and, doing what I say I'm going to do so that you can depend on me. And then the other person would go something that that I'm doing well, something that he's doing well. And then we would get into what do we need more of from this person? So I would say, um, well, you start with something that I'm going to work on. So I'm going to actually work on, I know you have a lot of stress right now in your day, and I'm going to actually take a little more time from my day to tidy up our condo more and make it so that there's there's um that it's clean and tidy and that that's not adding to your stress level i'm just making this up on the fly <laughs> and then and then i would say to him something you know that i would need more of from you and then this is the moment that you can share once all this buffer this fluffy buffer <laughs> has been you know laid out now we're both in a place where we feel calm and that we can accept kind of in this empathetic state what the other needs more of so like, hey, you know, when we're around family, I would love more um, gratitude for our past and our situation. And sometimes I feel like, you know, you could speak about our past and in a sort of sarcastic way. And it makes it makes what I feel in my body is I feel myself pulling from you in that moment to get away because it's uncomfortable for me. So I would just love a little more reverence about our unique situation, especially in front of people or friends or family. Um, and this is a real example that we we worked out that we we talked about and we used in this check-in scenario. And it was it's so helpful to um, to get something out that's on your heart that that the other person really does need to hear rather than me being like, why do you always do that? You always do this or you never do this. It's going to be met with defense. And so if you can provide this soft, cushy container to reveal your heart to your person out of only love, only for the purpose of spiritual evolution within the relationship, um, I think that's been a, a really nice tool for us. Check-ins have been huge. We, we love them. Sometimes there's really nothing that is like constructive that needs, needs to happen. We can just sit there and talk to each other about how amazing we are. Um, the, another, another element, very constructive. What are you talking about? Right. Super constructive. Uh, another, another piece, um, is that we now have, uh, these beautiful independent lives that we get to share with each other. And I think there's a misconception on what healthy independence looks like in relationship. Um, I think for guys, a lot of times it's like, Hey, let's get out with the guys, go on a, go to Vegas and golf and, and, you know, slam beers and go to strip clubs and, uh, you know, pound our chest as, as men and go back and we'll be fine. Um, I think that's a little, uh, maybe that works for someone. I guess I don't want to judge somebody else's perspective. It doesn't work for me. I like my own, um, space. I like my own time. I'm generally introverted for the most part. I'm extremely social. I'm just an introverted individual and I like self-study. I like to be able to work out by myself. I like to spend a little bit of time in nature by myself, actually communicating to, um, to God or, or, or uh, just even to my own soul. And what I really, really enjoy is the space and the freedom to be able to do that. I also love to talk about it. I also love to come home and be able to share that and see that there's genuine interest from Megan when I share these types of things in our home. And same with her. There are moments, uh, there, there, there's a collective group of, of incredible women that, that you know, Megan is a part of. Um, she's able to lean into that a uh, separate environment, separate community outside of just our relationship, her own self-study, her own fitness and, and exercise goals. And then similarly, it's brought back to our home and, and it's shared. So like we're each other's biggest fans um, in each other's independent lives, but it's also brought back as a way to uh, connect. And there's not this sort of like, you do you, I do me. And then when we're in the house, we'll be this kind of couple. There's this shared, supported independence that we can then just sort of both pour our uh it's energy that like you put out but comes back with a greater return mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. I mean, one of the things that I, I think is very helpful for people is to, when, when they're stuck in this state of reality, this three-dimensional world, the, this materialistic kind of version of life, um, sometimes there can be things that shake up the consciousness. And that could be meditation, it could be yoga, it could be other spiritual practices. But one that we talked about offline before was, was the use of sacred medicine and sacred plant medicine as a way to see things differently than through the typical lens that we're looking through. Um, so anyway, I had an experience of that. Uh, there was definitely some hesitation on her part of, of wanting to have an experience. And it wasn't necessarily for anything particular initially, but then the intention basically became curiosity about you know this ancient lineage or history of shamanic work and, and how we can access different states of consciousness and learn more about ourselves. I mean, I, I think that that's the call is, is there is to really know thyself more more deeply. And, and I think maybe that's how you answer that call, but maybe Sonia can speak. And then I would love to hear what you guys went through um, on your journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my lens that I was looking through before really was more of that yogic lens and breath work and having this understanding of wanting to reach this other threshold in myself and understanding without something outside of myself. I was viewing the medicine in that way. And then all of a sudden something shifted in me, like that's not separate from me. Nature isn't separate from me. So I can utilize this tool and this really sacred medicine and sacred ceremony to help support and unlock some parts of my brain that I know I have shut because of past traumas and experiences and things. And sometimes we need that extra support. And my what we did was um, ayahuasca in this ceremony and I had this, you know, picture in my mind that I'd be vomiting everywhere. I'd be doing all this. And, you know, that is somebody, some people's experience and that's okay. But really my whole experience was just of love. And it's something that I've needed to give myself for a very long time. And it, it's been very hard for me. And experiencing that love was just, that was it. And it just opened other things for myself and in viewing myself, just like Mimi, you were talking about before that self-talk that us women have about and all the shame that we carry and the guilt that we carry. It was really burdening me. And that just unveiled this like, well, no, it's okay. You're still love. It doesn't like none of that matters. And so that was my experience. We'd love to hear whatever tools you guys have been using to unveil things about yourselves. Yeah, we're, we're fortunate to be in, in such an incredible community that similarly values uh, this type of uh, work in a safe set and setting and really for the purposes of, of just soul expansion and, and getting closer to love. And, and that's really been the most transformative experiences for us. You know, everything from um, breath work to sound healing all the way to, you know, exposure to plant medicines. And, and, and there's a host of them, different different times and places and uh, they've, they've all been beautiful and unique. I think to speak to one specifically, um, and it's kind of in the, in the, you know, sacred mushroom space is that when we, and I had my own, in my own ind individual journey before we got back together, um, just a beautiful um, eye-opening experience in ceremony with uh, mushrooms that brought me closer to love and, and literally just liquidated <laughs> uh, my ego version of myself for a short period of time. And, and I was able to have this profound moment where I realized how long I'd been denying love into my life. And, and it just, it just opened the doors to so many new possibilities. Um, in our actual reunion and, and in the, what had happened is, is we'd been talking, um, actually decided to either sort of like try this thing out again in a dating type relationship. Um, Megan actually flew down to San Diego. She was still living up in Washington at the time. And we went through, um, it was, I think it was one of your first, maybe, maybe not first sort of experiences with um, plant medicine. Um, and we went through a ritual and uh, it was just here in San Diego. It was a beautiful setting. And through this kind of like long story short, we had this um, experience that I think was so transformative for the being the platform of, of our part two relationship where we we were out um, on a, in a beach environment. There were beautiful rocks and, and kind of like waves crashing. And I'm sitting there in kind of the height of this experience, just staring at, at Megan and her beautiful eyes, just saying like, so, so vulnerably, this is me and, and you have to take it or leave it. Like, this is me now. And if you want to be a part of this, you know, life, I can't, um, there's not much I'm going to sacrifice. I'm just going to try to be as, as authentic as I possibly can. And you know, who knows how articulate I was at the time. I don't even 
freaking know, <laughs> but it was something along those lines. Right. Yeah. And, um, she closes her eyes and I can just see her soul singing and, and, um, just out of her mouth comes, we've done this thousands of times. Uh, welcome to the party. Give up, like give up the struggle. And it was just boom immediate for both of us that, holy shit, our souls have been doing this on repeat for long, long periods of time. And, and even now we're finding more breakthroughs about how this, you know, possibly could have, could have happened, but it was an immediate noetic sense, an immediate download from our higher selves suggesting, yo guys, like welcome mm-hmm. to the party. We've been doing this a long time. Give up your 3d world struggles, get back together, lean into this current and, you know, set your sails to these winds because this is where you are meant to be taken. I thought I was crazy. I was like, I literally said like, this is going to sound so weird because I had never had this experience where you, there is no demarcation between senses where you're feeling colors and you're hearing smells and you know, this, this feeling of like, I don't know what this is, but it's inside of me. And I, I heard this voice, but with my being, I, I felt this sound, basically this voice that I know was myself or maybe a previous life or my my higher self, whatever you want to call it. I'm not too worried about the the naming of it. I just know it was a part of me that said, we've done this a thousand times. And so I was like, this is going to sound so weird, but I just felt someone inside me say, and he was like, that was your soul. That was you. And so in that, I just kind of like surrendered to that. And that was my first experience on uh, with using the medicine of mushrooms. And um, we had set an intention to really just let, let love and honesty flow from us and to just connect with each other and the earth. And, um, and we always, you know, we always set an intention. We always give it this reverence. And I'm so glad that that was the precedent. That was the first time, you know, I got this download from my soul and was able to share it with Chase. And he, he had similarly, like similar downloads that we were sharing with each other. And that really set the precedent for now how we interact with it. We have no like, oh, we do it, you know, every third Thursday of the month right. or whatever. There are times when we have you know, maybe partaken of the medicine in a sort of light instance, like, oh, I would love to connect with you. Maybe we're going to go walk on the beach. And those are the moments, even though we're not in a party scenario or disrespecting it, I think it is important for anyone listening who's either interested or maybe they've dipped their toes into this world. You can never fully predict or, or know exactly how it's going to hit you, what for you it's going to bring up. So to really go into it with that reverence um, is really, really important. And uh, to, to provide yourself and your soul the space to whatever comes up, I'm able, I feel safe to look at it and to love it and to address it rather than being, you know, amongst hundreds of people on the beach or whatever. And it feels overwhelming and you don't know what to do with this feeling that's welling up inside of you rather being with the person that you love the most or by yourself or with, you know, a shaman or a yeah. whatever, like you have to provide that space. And so we have now gotten to a point where we don't have any sort of protocol, but we can both, we can, we, we can tell, we, we have this sense of maybe when the too much of the 3d type experience or the world has, has nudged itself, has wedged its way in between, not in between us, but you can just feel when you don't have that, you know, super on fire connection all the time. And so we know that that's there all the time and we can access it without the medicine. Sometimes having a little dose of the medicine is um, a, a faster track to that, to that remembering. The medicine does not for us, and I would say for everyone, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't add anything to you or take away anything from you. It only, it, these things are just highlighted. So it's like, you're in a house with all the shades down. The sun outside is always shining. The sun outside is always shining, but the the, the medicine helps you lift those shades to really see what's out there. Uh, it's not that the medicine puts the sun in the sky. It's just that now, oh, now I can see it or it's been highlighted. So that's kind of how we use it now is, is um, to uh, fast track that reconnection or that remembrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that 
what you shared just there was really important for people to understand in that everything that we do, whether it be, you know, exercise, changing the way we eat, changing the way we connect to someone, it's, it's not, it's the adaptive change that happens as a result of that exposure. And that's such a beautiful insight, I think, into everything that we choose for ourselves, because how, how are we going to respond or how is our body going to adapt? I know for us, when we were in our experience, as soon as we tried to intellectualize what was going on, there was disconnection. And, and we do that so often in life where we, we, we try to make sense of things and yeah. feel what's going on, right? And the beauty in what you guys are sharing is like you guys gave yourselves a space in a sacred space with intention to really see one another. And, and this, the use of this adaptive change through the biochemistry and what have you through the exposure to the plant medicine gave you an opportunity to really see each other for who you were. And it became this part of this new chapter in your lives, which is so beautiful to see. And, and it's such an important story, I think, for people to realize because we, can, we never make good decisions when we're in the midst of like discomfort and challenge and struggle. And we keep trying to intellectualize the process that we're in and we're not recognizing there's a chance for adaptation here. We're just really trying to control and manipulate the situation based on this stressful environment. And you're literally putting yourself in this deep parasympathetic state with this beautiful sacred plant medicine. It's allowing you to sort of clear the clutter be be observant of the adaptation and then see what reveals itself. I, I'd love to hear that. Like we've done this a thousand times. Well, of course yeah. we have, right? <laughs> well, and, and there's there's such opportunity after an experience like that to just set new patterns and standards. Mm. And we've done a good job of that. You know, I think they call it integration in kind of mm. the the medicine space. And um for us, we, we treat these things, whether it's just a breathwork session, because that shit is hard, um, <laughs> yeah. or, or sound healing, or it is the use of plant medicine. We look at it almost, especially being former athletes, competitors, uh, we look at it almost like an event that we're going to need to train for, um, mm-hmm. experience at in tip-top shape, and then recover from. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for anyone who's been in performance sports at all, you don't want to do that more than like once or twice a year that that is a workout otherwise you're mm-hmm. going to be depleting your uh depleting the benefits of going through something like that so for us it really really is sacred uh, we do not take it lightly and in fact I've, my ass has been humbled a few times when i have <laughs> taken it lightly um you know you, you think one you know you, you grow up doing these types of things at concerts and festivals when you're young and you're a kid and you're like ah, yeah whatever i'll take anything and then you have this moment where it's just freaking baseball bat to your stomach and, and it's and it's just humbling and you're like oh my god i swear i'll never you know take this lightly again um and so it's something that we truly value amongst many other modalities mm-hmm. um in our life for individual and relationship development yeah i love i want to just commend you sonia because you're you, you were talking you speaking to the hesitation of well i want to use yoga and breath work and meditation uh you know before i just put this thing into my life or, you know, start using whatever, fill in the blank. And I think that that's so, I think that's the best way to go about it is to get all the other pieces in your life kind of set up to where you don't necessarily need the medicine, but you, you can get there on your own and, or, or rather it's almost like the, you know, you're priming those muscles so that when things come up, um, your nervous system has been prepared by things like meditation and breath work where you're like, oh, this is coming up for me right now. I can address this. Yeah, let's look into this. And I think that's the bad trip that people can have sometimes when they don't allow themselves the priming of the muscle of the nervous system or the um, really allowing yourself to go into those deep places inside yourself. Because the first time you do it, if you haven't set that intention or that that setting, the set and setting around you to be safe, to be a safe uh, environment for learning and integration and a work, then it, it can be scary. And I think that that's so beautiful that you focused on those things before touching anything. Yeah. I think that that's, that's really, really wonderful. Oh, thank yeah, you. It's interesting yeah. because Sonia did a, couple, a few retreats um, she was leading and she, obviously helping people get into these different states. And then, you know, as she was doing her own work, a lot of these, you know, past traumas came up for her. And this is, I mean, part of what her book is about mm-hmm. is about, understanding all these you know the heaviness that 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 shows up that we don't look at we try to you know bury or what have you 
Um, but yeah, I like that you said that, Mimi. I mean, it's the nail on the head with just priming the body through doing that work. And then this becomes this other way to maybe just lighten the load or, or just, again. Well, I think then the medicine calls you. Right. I think I was being called by her More at receptive. that time yeah. because it's um, I was primed and ready and delving into those deeper shadow parts that were showing up now and it was time to shift out of it so yeah I love all of this mm -hmm. so I have a last question for you two um, this phase two version of your relationship and yourselves if you could go back and be in front of your phase one versions independently what is it that you would say to them mm. That's, that's a really good question. Um, I think I would want like a whole day <laughs> with, my, <laughs> with myself. I think I would need a whole day to just like hang out with a version of myself because we. Uh, someone said recently, that, and this just connected with me, you can never behave above or past your level of consciousness. So no matter what I said to that version of myself, I wouldn't have expected it to land and to fully become part of her consciousness because she wasn't ready for it. The reason why I say I would want a whole day to hang out with her and to spend with her is I would just want to embody what I, I am now and she could see like what's possible and through conversation, through engagement, through honest type of dialogue, these things would just naturally come out rather than a, you should do this. You should do that. You shouldn't do this. Shouldn't do that. Um, I don't know if it would have landed with her because I don't think her consciousness was ready for it. Clearly, otherwise she would have been there already. So I think that it would be, and I'm, I sort of, I, I realize this is like a gray answer to your question, but I think for me, it would have been just seeing her, allowing her the space to, to share whatever was on her heart to share and letting her know through my action, through my my embodiment through my, um, you know, uh, body language that like, no matter what you've done or, or what you do, I love you, me, you, I love you. I see you. I love you. I am you. And where you're at now is perfect. And just, I, I probably would, would, if any sort of advice, I would say, just trust those nudges. Trust whatever the nudge that comes in when you're in a balanced state and you feel that nudge, trust it. That's beautiful. Thank mm -hmm. you. That's great. I love that. Um, for me, I think kind of like the most pragmatic and like rational, um, you know, language I would suggest to like myself at, you know, let's say 25 in the midst of our marriage, I would, I would be like, Hey man, you are not going to achieve your way through life and be very happy. Um, take care of this. And I'm circling Megan and myself and referring to our relationship and the rest will take care of itself. Um, and what I mean by that sort of like metaphysically or, or sort of like from a spiritual lens would be, I'm a rational son of a bitch who wants to dice everything up and structure it and find a solution. Well, life is a mystery and that's the point. I'm never going to be able to dissect life enough to get to the point where I can like actually understand everything, achieve everything and then accumulate it. I've tried to do that and it's, it's my relationship has fallen off. Experience is the answer, although it can never be adequately articulated into something that is rational. So it's okay to question, it's okay to pursue, but when it comes to finding the answer, experience it. And that includes for me, relationship being the most experiential knowledge uh, that I can access. I experience God through the connection to my relationship more profoundly than pretty much anything, more than any psychedelic, more than any trip into nature, more than any book that I can read is connecting with the divinity within ourselves as sacred union. And to me, forget everything else. When I take care of that, 
upstream, there is no downstream flooding. There are no issues, uh, or at least they may be, they may be issues, but I don't really care about them because I'm so freaking drunk on <laughs> the, the beauty of our relationship by literally just prioritizing this thing. So for me, it would be like, just simply dude, prioritize this and the rest of it's going to take care of itself. You're going to know where to go. You're going to, you're going to feel the answers. You're not going to be able to think them. Mm, drinking the nectar of love. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Vitamin L. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You guys, it's such a joy to be able to connect with you guys. And, you know, we, though we don't know each other, it's like we've been together for thousands of years. Yeah. Let's go. I love it. Yeah. The, the plant medicine and the wellness kick and, you know, supporting each other in, on this journey. It's just such a beautiful story that you guys have. So thank you so much for all your sharing today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you us. guys, super fun. And providing the space, we, we love it and, and uh, honored to have this new connection. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe. <laughs>